Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Romans 8 and 37. If you got your Bibles, turn with me. Romans 8 and 37. Uh, I'm really curious myself to see what God is going to do with this word this week. Romans 8 and 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Would everybody shout, we are more than conquerors? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all that are listening. Thank you for this one that has placed faith in you to receive salvation today. And Father, thank you for this word. Lord, no one here knows more than I do that I need your help. I am aware of my dependence on you and my complete inability without you. Father, I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit afresh, that you would take over my mind and my words. Help me to say what you're saying and to do it your way. Help me to minister in the simplest terms possible that your heart is conveyed. Help me that no one would see me, but that everyone would see you, and that this message would point people to faith in you. I need your help. Prepare our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear you, to understand, to receive, and to put it in practice. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Ashley, I'll take one little line more on this, uh, on this monitor. Praise the Lord. This is a, that's perfect, thank you. This is a verse that we hear preached a lot, and specifically that line, more than conquerors, more than conquerors. And we hear that in in prayers that are being prayed a lot. And I pray that a lot in prayers. Throughout Christendom, we've got a lot of verses and a lot of little things that we say 
that in a sense have become powerless because we are so used to them. God is good? See what I mean? <laughs> See what I mean? And Renee missed it. She's the biggest uh, God is good all the time. We've got these things that we just say that honestly don't have a whole lot of thought around them anymore because we're so programmed. I had this come up in my spirit the pa- this past week, the title of this sermon, We Win. We Win. And I just felt that stirring in my heart. And I began to pray about it. And the first scripture that came to my mind is that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And so I went back and I read the verse, more than conquerors. And and by the way, we'll start just by saying this. Uh, Honestly, it would have been enough if he had said we were conquerors. But he didn't. He said, you're more than conquerors. You are more than winners. You are more than victorious. And see, God's not enough. He's too much. God is always above and beyond. For instance, Jesus did not just pay for as much sin as you would commit. But Jesus is an overpayment for sin. He is a super abundant payment. Jesus, just to be sure, he paid for more sin than you would ever be able to commit. That's good news, isn't it? He paid for more sin than could ever be committed. Jesus is an overpayment. We are more than conquerors. Now, I got to thinking about this verse because sometimes we have these famous verses, and if we go back and read the same chapter, we say, oh, I didn't know that that verse was in the same chapter but that verse. I had no idea these were in the same place in the Bible. Maybe we should read our Bible more. (laughs) And I got to thinking about this verse. You see, when I read this line... By itself, we are more than conquerors. If I just say we're more than conquerors, I just start applying it to whatever I want. Whatever's going on in my life, well, I'm more than a conqueror, you know. And it's funny how many times we misuse verses. One of my favorite to talk about, and you all know this, is I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And we love to slap that on anything, anything we're having a, a hard time with, you know. If, if we're unwrapping a piece of candy, the kind that the wrapper sticks to the candy, and you, you're tired of eating so much paper, and you, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Got a jar of jelly in the in the. I can do all things through Christ. And so, I know it tells you what's on my, Lala said it's all food related. (laughs) Don't body shame me. (laughs) 
Oh, God, we lost Summer again. <laughs> so what will happen is we'll take any situation in life, some dumb thing that we're doing, and say, well, I'll just grab this verse and slap it on there. Well, then when I go back and I read what the Apostle Paul was talking about, the Apostle Paul, he was talking about when we are living fully for Christ, when we're doing the right thing the right way, and we still end up going through suffering, and we still have times when we are lacking, he says, I can make it through those times serving Jesus. That verse really has nothing to do with being empowered for anything you want to do. That's not what the verse is about. The verse is about when I am submitted to Christ and I am following what he has given me to do and hard times come with it, I can stand up through the hard time and keep serving Jesus. That's what it's about. So when I read this and I say, we are more than conquerors. I think, well, I can just, I can overcome whatever I want, anything going on. That's not what the verse is about. Now, when I read that by itself, or even when I read that verse, and I read the list, and it says, I'm persuaded neither death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, any creature shall be able to separate us. I start to get the idea, if I just read that verse, I start to get the idea that being more than a conqueror is about getting the victory when one of those things on that list come against me. So if a principality comes against me, if I just read that verse by itself, I, I can beat that principality. And God will help us to get through. But all of a sudden, I dumb that verse down to being victory in the fight over that thing come against me, and I stepped over it. And I make it about that. But when I read the whole chapter, when I read the whole chapter, my perspective changes. Instead of a list of things and how to beat those things, when I read the whole chapter, I find out that the fight that I'm in is really about how I respond while these things are coming at me. That being a conqueror is not so much about beating the thing, but that really being a conqueror is how I change to do the right thing while those things are coming at me and I'm going through them. Am I talking to anybody? When I read it in context... You see, if you read the whole chapter, the chapter is really about the battle between operating spiritually and operating carnally. Now, a lot of people think the word carnal means sin or sinful. That's not what it means. we got to get that out of our head and, and get on what carnal actually means. Carnal simply means not spiritual. The chair you're sitting in this morning is carnal. It's not a spiritual chair that you're sitting in. Your clothes are not spiritual clothes. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> well, preacher, I got my spiritual clothes on. I didn't know I needed anything else. You are 
holy jeans. <laughs> we, live in a, we live in a carnal world. My point is that carnal in and of itself is not sinful. Carnal is of carnality. Carnal can be physical. Carnal deals with the natural senses, our sight, our hearing, our taste, our touch, our smell, to be carnal. Now, as a Christian, we are supposed to learn that we do not, while we live in a carnal world, and while we use carnal things, we are not supposed to live by carnal principles. We are not supposed to make our decisions carnally, but we have been called to a higher plane. We have been made to be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So I am not supposed to deal with people according to the outside. Come on. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of, stronghold, of strongholds. For we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of darkness in high places. And so I don't deal with people based on the outside. You ought to be ripping chairs out of the floor and up shouting and dancing your dance. We deal with people according to the truth, not according to the facts. I no longer deal with life, or I'm striving. I am not supposed to deal with life according to the outside evidence and the facts. I'm supposed to deal with things according to the truth of God's Word and the spiritual principles that He says supersedes the outside. Amen? Y'all better help me. When I read the whole chapter, I find out that the fight that I'm in is really about what I do regardless of what I'm going through. It's really not about the circumstance changing. It's about me changing no matter what the circumstances are. It's really not about getting rid of the storm, but about what I do while I'm going through storms. It's really not just about getting rid of giants, but how I handle myself because there are always going to be giants. We are in a war, but it is not the war that we think we're in. Our victory is not in figuring out how to stop what is against us. It's in figuring out how to keep on doing the right thing while stuff is coming against us. Can I get any help in here? Anybody going through anything? Anybody been through anything? If you haven't been through anything and you're not going through anything, spoiler alert, you're probably getting ready to go through something. So get ready. Some people seem to never have any peace because they're constantly in a battle. But when we learn to fight spiritually instead of carnally, we can have peace 
while the battle is going on. Dottie Rambo wrote, so let the storms rage high. Anybody? Dottie Rambo fans? So let the storms rage high. Let the dark clouds rise. They don't worry me. For I'm sheltered safe, come on, within the arms of God. He walks with me, and naught of earth shall harm me, for I'm sheltered in the arms of God. She was not trying to figure out how to make the problem stop. She had figured out that life always has problems, but they don't have to steal my peace. If our happiness, if our well-being is contingent on getting rid of problems, you are never going to be happy. You are never going to have peace. You are never going to be okay. But if you can figure out the secret of how to keep your joy and how to keep your peace and how to hold on to faith and how to rest in Jesus no matter what's going on, you're going to have peace through every problem. You're going to have triumph in every trouble. You're going to be okay all the time because of where you've placed your hope. When we handle things our way, somebody say my way, I did it my way. (laughs) When we handle things our own way, catch this, we are getting more involved with the problem than we are with the answer. You know, the song says, uh, caught up, tangled up, tied up in Jesus. Well, too many of us are caught up, tangled up, tied up in the trouble. And the more the trouble comes at us, the more we align with the trouble to try to deal with the trouble, to try to figure the trouble out, to try to, you know, that we will we'll come again. You mess with me, I'll mess with you back. And too many of us are too quick to go back to our old way of thinking that, uh, you know, I'll get you before you get me. Or nobody's going to get one over on me. Too many of us are too quick to respond the world's way. You're not going to deal with me that way. I'll show you. And that's our attitude. I'll show you. Well, the moment you decide to show them, you have now agreed with them. You have now gotten on board with the problem because I can't, when things come against me carnally, I can't answer them carnally. When things come against me carnally, I have to answer them spiritually. Or else they've already won. The goal of the carnal is not that we're in a carnal fight and that it beats us. The goal is just that we'd get carnal with it. And so the moment we do that, it's already won. When we handle things our way, we're getting more involved with the problem than we are with the answer. We're aligning with that. Bishop Jake said one time, if you want to beat the enemy, just don't get in the ring. Just don't get in the ring. The moment you get in his ring, the moment you're fighting him on his fighting ground, the moment you're on his turf, he's already won because we don't fight like he fights. 
As a matter of fact, we are creating more problems that we wouldn't have had to deal with if we just trusted God in the first place. Somebody comes against us, and so instantly we start using up our time to deal with it, using our time to fix it, using our time to sort things out, using our time to defend ourselves, using our time to try to get rid of them and to deal with them. And what happens is you thought you had a problem that needed fixed, and now you're making all kinds of problems. You're throwing all kinds of things out there. You're planting all kinds of turmoil in the ground. Something that started that somebody else did that God would have dealt with, now you are, you are planting problems. You are sowing seed for more trouble. Am I talking to anybody? He told the children of Israel, 2 Chronicles 20 and 17, about the, the battle that they were in. You shall not need to fight in this battle. It wouldn't make much sense if the soldiers were coming against you. To hear that word, you won't have to fight them. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. We have an option in everything that comes. We have an option. We have a choice when the world is throwing things at us, when the enemy is throwing things at us. If you are going to handle your current situation your own way, God will let you. If you, if you think you're going to get the revenge, if you're going to take care of it, if you're going to address it, God doesn't have to. God says, oh, you're going to get this one? Good luck. You're going you're gonna to take care of this one? Because God won't work while you're working. When you work, God rests. When you rest, God works. So if you trust God, you allow God to take care of it. But if you trust yourself, God says, all right, I'll let you take care of it. Rose and I were talking yesterday about a situation, and it, it, it's a person, and they've got a wonderful heart, but they are just, they're just screaming in their life to make sure everybody can see the good things they're doing. And they're, they're pulling for straws, and they're, they're operating really fast and really rapidly, and they're making quick decisions, and their heart is in the right place. But they're just pulling to make sure that everybody knows that they're, that they're doing it. And what they don't realize is that they're operating carnally and they're taking a load on their shoulders that they cannot humanly carry. So now all the endeavors that they're trying to do for God, which is wonderful, they're doing them in the flesh and there's no way that they can carry it. And they're also wanting everybody to see me, see me, see me, see me. And Rose said, it's so sad because they already have their reward. There's two ways you can do it. If you want to get your reward yourself, God says, if that's the reward you want. Or I can pray in secret. Or I can just do what God tells me to do. I can, you know, listen, 
it's ridiculous what has happened with social media. It started out as a thing that my friends and family could see friends and family, and we could rejoice with each other on pictures and stuff like that. But now it has become, I am posting to see how many people I can get to look at me, and the proof is that I have to check the post every 15 minutes to see who has and hasn't liked it. I must have treated a coon. It got real quiet, real still in here. You know you do. How much of your time is that taking up? How many times do you have to check that and check that and check that to get your validation? And all the while, you're putting more faith and more stock in that being your validation. Root word is value. I wonder what would happen if we'd turn it off. wonder what would happen if we opened the Bible as often as we open Facebook. If we opened the faith book as much as we opened the fake book. Come on. Wonder what would happen if we was che- if we were checking God's word as often as we were checking Instagram. Wonder what would happen if we talked to Jesus as much as we're talking to people that don't care about us and that, quite frankly, we don't care about. We only care about impressing. Moving on. If you're going to handle your current situation your own way, God will let you. But while we think that we're being clever, we are just planting more chaos that we're going to have to reap in a few days when it starts popping up. Quit planting more. At some point, a mature adult has got to stop the cycle. At some point, a grown-up person says, you know what? I'm not listening to that, and I'm not talking about that. I'm not going to receive it, and I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to harvest it, and I'm not going to plant it. And so talk to the hand because the face don't want to hear it. Come on, somebody. (laughs) At some point, we have to break the cycle and say, no, no, it stops right here. If this is going to happen, I'm not going to be part of it because my peace is too important. You can think what you want to think. You can believe what you want to believe. You can say what you want to say and do what you want to do, but I'm living for Jesus. I'm going to spend the time with my family. I'm going to uplift people with the words of my mouth. I'm going to sow peace. I'm going to sow joy. I can't keep living around and around and around in something that already happened in the past. Too many times, God has already handed you a victory. But your carnal mind doesn't see it. So you start making stuff up. And you start fighting what's not even a threat. And you end up bringing more war against yourself. A war that somebody else started that you say you didn't want, but you keep it going. In 2 Kings, the Syrians were coming against the children of Israel. You can go back and read the whole thing if you want to know the details. I just need to steal a thought from it. Syria had come against Israel. And the king was listening to his spiritual counsel, the prophet Elisha. 
And they had managed to get the victory over Syria. And they had captured them. They won the battle. And they captured the Syrian army. Listen to this. 2 Kings 6 and 21. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, he saw the captive army, he said to Elisha, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And Elisha answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Would you smite those whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow? Another way to say it is this. He was saying, should we kill them? The king said, we captured them. We got them. We won the battle. Here here they are. Should we kill them now? And Elisha said, why kill what you've already conquered? Why, Why kill what you've already beaten? And then he said this, set bread and water before them. Don't kill them. Feed them. Anybody picking up what I'm putting now? Don't curse them. Bless them. You remember a verse? Bless your enemy. Pray for them that persecute you. <laughs> Love those that despitefully use you. Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away. And they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. And they had war no more. Syria came against them to kill them. But instead of serving death for death, they responded with life. Instead of coming at them the same way they had come against them, they responded spiritually instead of carnally. They stopped them, they captured them, and then they blessed and fed their enemy, and let them go home. Had they killed those men, do you think the king of Syria would have said, well, that's all, we'll wash our hands and stop? They would have been planting more war, a war that they had not wanted. They would have been the ones to keep the war going. Had they killed what they had already conquered, the fight would have continued. Instead, they chose mercy. Mercy always triumphs judgment. Love always wins over hate. Light always wins over darkness. Had they killed what they had already conquered... They would have continued the fight. 
but instead they were merciful. In the mercy they showed ended the war and brought them peace. Do the right thing no matter what. Would they have been justified in killing them? Yes. But they took the high road. They would have been justified, but they still chose to do the right thing. You know, any battle that comes to you, let me find this. I've got to skip in my notes because I put this at the end, but I need to have this at the beginning. The real test in any situation is not on the powerless. The real test is on the powerful. The test was not on the Syrians. They were already captured. The test was on the children of God that were in a position to take the Syrians out. They had already won. A lot of times we think that the hardest time is when we don't have any money. The hardest time is doing the right thing when you get some money. When you don't have any money, you don't have the option to do the wrong thing with it. If you think that you're in a hard position because you haven't gotten the promotion, wait until the battle happens once you get the promotion and you have the power to start making decisions. That may be the reason some of us haven't been promoted. Because we haven't been able to do the right thing in the situation before we get the promotion. We're asking God to give us some money, but we haven't been able to do the right thing when we didn't have money. Praise the Lord. All right, now i got to go back and find my place. <laughs> Hallelujah. They showed mercy, and it ended the war and brought peace. Everything you encounter is an opportunity to respond spiritually or to respond carnally. Every decision you come up against, you have a choice to graduate or to start school again. Every battle, every trial, every injustice, every time somebody comes at you, you have an opportunity. You can be promoted and rise above and operate where you've never operated, or you can go back to zero. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And you get to start all over again, all because you just wanted to have the last word. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Was it worth starting the whole thing over just so you could have validation for a moment that you won? Won what exactly? Won a, a prize to go back to the beginning again? Or you can be the adult and you can keep your mouth shut and you can smile and you can do the right thing no matter what and go further than you've ever been. Everything is a decision to graduate or to start over. As long as you respond carnally, you are carnal. If you respond carnally, you are carnal. 
Romans 8 and 6, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If we do not have peace, it's because we are not operating spiritually. If we do not have peace, it's because we are carnal. We are minding the things of earth more than we are minding the things of eternity. I don't mean that you'll never have trouble. I don't mean you'll never have hurt. I don't mean you'll never have sadness. But you can have a peace that passes all understanding no matter what is going on. And so if you are rattled and you do not have peace... You need to step back and look and be very, very honest because if we don't have peace, it's because we're putting more stock in the temporal than we are in the eternal. We are caring more about things that don't actually matter in the light of eternity than we are caring about the kingdom of heaven. That's a hard word. Did you know that a Christian can be carnal? There are lots of carnal Christians has nothing to do with being saved. It has everything to do with how we live, and how we think, and what we believe. What's it mean to be carnal? To be carnal is to not lean on the Holy Spirit. To be carnal is to not do things the way the Holy Spirit says to do them. That's what it means. When we listen to His voice, we're operating spiritually. When you choose how to react to a situation, you are choosing if you're going to have peace or if you're going to stay at war. I know it's quiet in here. Maybe it's because everybody's listening. Are we getting anywhere? Is this helping anybody? All right. All right. If you think that you have a big test on your hands when you don't have any power, in a situation, wait until you are elevated where somebody's coming against you and you could take them out and you choose not to. Have you ever had somebody come against you and you thought, I know how to fix you? <laughs> Robin, you already look guilty. Stay out of it. <laughs> I've got your number. I know what to do about you. Listen. Maturity is being able to do something about it and still not doing anything. That's the real test. Got to drop some Bishop Jakes again. Bishop Jakes recently said, your character is proven by what you do when you have the upper hand. Boy, it sounds like the kids are having fun. <laughs> Your character is proven by what you do when you have the upper hand. Have the upper hand and don't use it. Have the sword, but put it down. We claim we want to operate in the armor of God. We claim we want to operate in the weapons and in the tools that he's given us. But listen, if we are ever going to wield the sword of the Spirit, 
we will have to put down the sword of self. Jesus has paid for us to be more than conquerors. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on, did you get it? He's paid for us to be more than conquerors. He hasn't paid simply for us to be the winner in the battle. He has paid for us to operate like him and to do the right thing. He has paid for us to keep our peace and to keep our joy. But that only works when we do it his way. Let us learn to rest instead of panic. I see good people. The enemy comes against them, and in their mind, the enemy threatens to take what is precious to them and what they have worked to build. That he's not allowed to steal from them. They think he can walk in and take it, but really he can't. So he gets them rattled, and in a panic, they end up giving up what he never would have been able to take. The devil does not have free reign in your life, so don't listen to what he whispers into your mind, or you will hand over in a panic what he never could have robbed you of. And he tricked you. Don't play his game. Let's learn to rest instead of panic. Let's learn to be like Jesus, who when he was accused, spoke not a word. The Son of God. They said he remained like a dumb lamb on his way to the slaughter. Jesus kept his mouth shut. We need to learn when to open our mouth. And when to close our mouth. Oh, you need a picture of that? All right, let me try it again. I'll do the whole thing so I get it right. You need to learn when to open your mouth. And when the, you got it? Okay. <laughs> Let's learn to rest instead of panic. Let's learn to be like Jesus and keep our mouths shut. Let's learn to hold our peace and keep it instead of letting it fly and letting it go. Isn't it funny that to not run your mouth is called holding your peace? Meaning that when we open our mouth, we are no longer holding on to our peace. To open your mouth is to let go of your peace. So let's hold our peace. Jesus has won the biggest victory for us. We win. Somebody shout, we win. So let's act like it. Now, 
we may have lost some battles, but we win the war. Let's quit living like losers. Losers. And let's start walking like winners. Let's refuse to be carnal Christians. And let us rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit. We win. We win. You know, we are Pentecostal people. But too many times, we as Pentecostals, we think that the power of the Holy Spirit has something to do with falling on the ground and shaking. But I think the power of the Holy Spirit has a whole lot more to do with keeping your mouth shut when people are coming against you. It doesn't take the power of the Holy Spirit to knock you down. I can do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can... (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Listen, isn't it funny what we think is a great demonstration of the power of God? Boy, nobody could knock somebody down but God. People knock folks down all the time. Some of you knock yourself down just trying to walk. (laughs) Do you want to see somebody fall down? Just ask my mom to go up the stairs. Sorry. My mom, I don't know when she started this. She is always walking around the house carrying a cup. She loves to eat ice. Anybody? She's always walking around the house with a cup of ice with a sharp knife in it. (laughs) Do you do this? Oh, my God. (laughs) She's chopping up that ice, and she'll, she'll come down the stairs. And I'm like, Ma, it's not always even safe for you to walk, period. But to walk down the stairs with a sharp knife in a cup? Come on. I think it's amazing. Listen, I'm not, I'm not against folks falling down when the Holy Spirit touched them. You do you, boo. That's between you and Jesus. Whatever happens down here, I'm not going to push you down. Whatever God does, that's between you and him. I'm good with all of it. I don't care if you worship quiet or loud or jump or sit still. You do whatever you want. What I am saying is that the real test of the power of the Holy Spirit is how you conduct yourself when you get up. When you leave this house Monday through Saturday, how you live and how you talk to people and how you respond, that's when, because I've seen some of the folks that talk in tongues, but it ain't tongues they're talking in the rest of the week. I've seen some of the folks that get the most excited in here, but they are the meanest when they get out there. The test of the Holy Spirit is not in the gifts. It's in the fruit. It's in how you deal with people. So let's learn to refuse carnality and to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit. We win. Would you give him a mighty hand clap? Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.